0: Welcome to the Hope Story Podcast, where we share resources, encouragement, and hope for families of children with Down syndrome. Here's your host, husband, dad, and founder of Hope Story, Rick Smith.
1: Welcome to the Hope Story Podcast. This is Rick Smith, and I'm here with one of our hope advocates, Lauren Sheeler. Lauren, welcome to the Hope Story Podcast.
2: Yes, I am stoked to be here. Thank you so much just for inviting me.
1: Well, you are one of our hope advocates. And so for people that are tuning in that may not know, hope advocates are moms or dads of children with Down syndrome when you're old or older who live in the United States and want to use their story to bring hope to others, to help be a connection to their medical professional and to families in their community. And I have been really encouraged by the way that you have embraced that and the way that you have actively pursued your medical professionals. And so I would love for you to tell the folks listening about your experience being a hope advocate, why you wanted to become a hope advocate and what your experience was like connecting with your medical professional.
2: Yeah. So I think it was pretty obvious to me, you know, soon after Sawyer was born and I saw just like the beauty of this journey, it was clear to me that I wanted an opportunity to use my voice and my story for advocacy in some way And I just didn't know what that was going to be yet. But I could just feel like this purpose inside of me that I needed to do something. And I really specifically wanted to do something that would have an impact on the way that a diagnosis was delivered for many reasons. But mostly because I was learning that that doesn't always go super well for folks. And so I just wanted to have an impact. And so I can't remember exactly when I learned about Hope Story, but I think it was pretty early on when you guys were getting started and I was like, okay, I have to be a part of this. I don't know what the requirements are, but I really feel like this is something that I'm meant to do. So I got connected, I guess, with you around. Hope Story had been around for a little while, but I learned a little bit about it and just totally fell in love with the mission and purpose. So I sort of just dove right in. Um, I... Thankfully, have a little bit of a medical background, and so I have some connection in our community to medical professionals, and that was a really cool thing. I was able to go and present to their office and just talk about, from a mom's perspective, what it is like to be on the other side of a Down syndrome diagnosis, like sitting across the table from the doctor. And they were so appreciative um, when I was able to do that, just because I don't know that they always get that perspective. They don't always get to reconnect with the moms who come through their office. So I connected with them in that way. And then, you know, ever since then, it's just been this really special relationship that I've been able to build with them. And so now they then connect their moms and dads who are receiving a new down syndrome diagnosis prenatally with our family. And so it's just like, I'm so grateful, I think just for the opportunity to have resources given to me to do that. So I'm really grateful for you guys. I truly am.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. Thanks for jumping on board. You shared a little bit about the response of your medical professional when you went in and told them that you were a hope advocate, but how has that worked since you became a hope advocate? Have they connected any of their patients to you? Have they seemed excited about connecting their families to you? How's that gone?
2: Yeah, they're really excited. And that actually surprised me. I don't really know why I was surprised by that. But I was a little bit nervous at first, because you just kind of never know how someone's going to react. And I never wanted it to seem like I was saying that they didn't do a good job. Or, you know, I didn't want it to seem like I was upset with their process in any way. I just came in with the perspective of I want you guys to know what it's like to be a mom and this, you know, a mom walking into your office and going through this process. And so they were super excited and thankful to hear that perspective. It was a really special day for me when I got to do that because there were a lot of other moms in the room who worked at the clinic and they had never gone through the process of receiving a Down syndrome diagnosis before, but they are moms nonetheless. And so we share that common thread. So there were tears, like good tears. And that was just a really special foundation to build my relationship with them on. So ever since then, you know, pretty much any time a mom who receives a new prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome comes through their office and is willing to take information about us, like me, my Hope Story Advocate cards and Sawyer's little cards that we give out in the hope story packet, like anytime they're willing to take that, they give it to them. And so like, sometimes I just try to keep in mind, sometimes it may be like a month or two before anyone is, you know, ready to reach out and connect with me. But I am so grateful that they have those tools in their office to be able to equip people in that way. So yeah, they are really excited about it. Every time they give a new card out, they actually call me to tell me that they did. So it's really cool.
1: I've been so encouraged by just your willingness to serve and to jump in there and to be a resource. And for any of the moms or dads listening to this podcast, that's one of the great things about being a Hope Advocate is we send you a Hope Kit with tools and resources and materials for you to give to your medical professional so you don't have to walk in and just sort of wing it we equip you and give you tools and resources to help you do that and even give you ongoing training to really help you be a great hope advocate because i realize a lot of you may have never been on the receiving end of a phone call of a mom or a dad whose child has just been diagnosed with down syndrome you you may have made that phone call to someone but you may have never yourself been on the receiving end and so we really want to equip you And help set you up for success. And so if you have a child with Down syndrome, one year old or older, live in the United States, we'd love for you to become a HOPE advocate. You can do that by just visiting hopestory.org, clicking on existing parent, and then right there on that page, you can sign up and you can do what Lauren is doing there in your community. And we have over 300 HOPE advocates across the United States. Ultimately, our goal is to connect every OBGYN in America to a family raising a child with Down syndrome. And so if you're listening to this, we'd love For you to sign up and to do what Lauren is doing there in your community. All right, Lauren, so we talked about you being a hope advocate, but let's jump into your story a little more. So why don't you tell everyone about your family, about your story of having a child with Down syndrome, sort of your birth story, if you had a prenatal, postnatal diagnosis, just tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Yes. And my family is still kind of small right now. We've just sort of started our journey with having kids. So it's myself, my husband, Catlin, and uh, our son, Sawyer. So we found out that we were pregnant um, at the very end of 2017. Super excited. You know, didn't really like expect any bumps in the road or anything like that, you know, are both super, um, well, what I would consider young and healthy and all the things that you think about at the beginning of a pregnancy. But something that was kind of curious for us, and I think a really unique part of our story is that when I was around maybe 12 or 13 weeks pregnant, I went into my regular OB's office and he just kept like staring at my scan, and he said, "This is just a really curious thing. Your amnion and chorion, which are two membranes, are usually well fused together at this point in a pregnancy, and yours aren't at all. And I'm not really sure what that means. I don't, you know, I'm not thinking that there's anything abnormal at this point, but it's just something that we need to keep a watch on. And so I'm someone who's like an information gatherer, so I go home and immediately Google, which he told me not to do. I did it anyway." And so it's just really interesting, even at like 12 or 13 weeks, what I found when I Googled like amnion-chorion separation was language associated with like trisomy, chromosomal abnormality and all those things. And it's the first time I really started to think about that. And I was like, there's no way I'm so young. There is literally no way this has to be, you know, some sort of mishap. So I came back into the office about two weeks later, and those membranes were fused together. All was well. Didn't really think a whole lot about it. So we go in for our regular anatomy scan in my OB's office to figure out if we're having a boy or a girl. And our ultrasound tech just spent so much time on the baby's heart. And I knew that something was wrong, but what, I also knew that there's, you know, he couldn't tell us what it was. And so we left that night, found out we were having a boy, super excited, but I just felt like a mom's intuition that there was something that he had seen that we weren't able to know about yet. So anyway, my doctor called me about seven o'clock that next morning and said that he had found a few things that we really needed a better look at. So he asked if we could go to maternal fetal medicine, which is about 45 minutes away from us. We... Went about a week later, I got a detailed anatomy scan again, and they found, I don't know, maybe four or five markers for Down syndrome. And it's just really interesting because it was just the last thing I was expecting in one way. And then in another way, I had like known it all along. And I know that that's so strange to say, but I had just felt in my heart that like, I was going to have a baby with Down syndrome after that 12 or 13 week mark. So anyway, my genetic counselor came and talked to us. It was my mom, my husband and I who were there that day and told us that they were almost certain our baby had Down syndrome um, and that I could get an amniocentesis if I chose to. So I did go ahead and decide to get one that day. I'm just not someone who can wait to know, but that That day just, I mean, I could talk about it for hours and I won't, but I just remember everything about that day. And I know that it will always be just as fresh in my mind as it was like when it happened. And I think that's just an experience that when you go through it, you know, there's like a physical response from your body that you just can't forget. So I, um, you know, talked with a the doctor. They offered me an array of options, you know, as they as they do for many. And it's just interesting, that whole process at the maternal fetal medicine office, it wasn't necessarily that it was a negative experience. It was just very transactional. Um, and I think that's what I kind of took away from it in the end. And what I talk to medical professionals about now when I have the opportunity to do so is that, so it's just such a transactional Interaction. There was like no emotion attached to it, you know, and that's what I remember about that day. It was just like, okay, here's your list of options. We'll see you in a week. And I left just feeling so alone. But anyway, about five days later, we got our confirmation that Sawyer did have Down syndrome, but not only did he have Down syndrome, he had translocation Down syndrome. So that added certainly an extra layer um, that I can talk about more in a minute if you want to dive into that. But, you know, the next week I went to my regular OB's office and I'll never forget what he said. Like he was such an instrumental part of my story. I went into his office. I started crying. I felt super comfortable with him. Um, He's a very seasoned professional and he has been doing this for a very, very, very long time. And he said, Lauren, I, I had said to him, I just don't think that I can do this. I just don't know that I am the right mom for this story. And he said to me, I have worked with hundreds of thousands of moms in my career, and if there's one mom that I know for sure can do this, it is you. And it was like from that point forward, you know, I had had a medical professional tell me that I could do this. Like he believed that I could do this. And so, yeah, that was our experience. We that all happened around 21 weeks in my pregnancy. So our diagnosis was prenatal.
1: Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing all that.
0: At Hope Story, we believe one of the greatest gifts for new parents of a child with Down syndrome is a friend who also has a child with Down syndrome and is a little farther along in their parenting journey. That's why we're working to connect OBGYNs with families raising a child with Down syndrome so they can connect their patients with parents who can offer friendship, encouragement, and hope. We call this the Hope Advocate process. To learn more and to sign up to become a Hope Advocate, simply visit hopestory.org forward slash hopeadvocate. And now back to our show.
1: I think our language changes maybe before, after being a mom or dad of a child with Down syndrome.
2: I do connect with a lot of parents who have just received a diagnosis in one way or the other just because of my connections within our community. And that is one thing I'm always so intentional about. Like, I never, ever want to talk about a baby in the womb as, um, you know, something that's wrong or something that. Is abnormal. Like, I don't want to place an identity on that unborn child because of one component of genetics, right? So, my language around it has shifted so much. When I was pregnant, I'm sure I said things like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my baby, and all these things. But yeah, it just changes sort of the way because you're talking about a human, right? And it matters.
1: Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that about you. And, you know, it's the same, I think when, you know, we have three children and how even the things that we said surrounding our child's, you know, the pregnancy or the birth, you know, with Noah, I I don't remember exactly things that I said, but Noah, he's our firstborn who was born with Down syndrome. You know, I'm sure that you say things like, I just want a healthy baby. I just want a baby that nothing is wrong with him. Or, you know, I don't know if we said things exactly like that, but that's sort of the posture. Right? And a lot of parents say that, right? You know, I just want a healthy baby. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that. But I think with our second and third children, the posture was more, you know, I'm a Christian. And so our our posture was more, Lord, just help me to be ready for any baby that you have for us.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that like the faith, I, I can't really like even have this conversation without bringing in like the faith component, because it was such a strong thread of our story. And like, it is, I am totally okay with admitting this. I've wrote, I've written about this publicly, but I, you know, the prayer that I prayed for so much of my pregnancy, especially during the first part of it was Lord, please, please do not let me have like a child who basically has a chromosomal abnormality of any sort or like has an abnormality. Like it was sort of that Let me only have a perfectly healthy child. And it really shook my theology and like my faith for a little bit when we found out that Sawyer had Down syndrome. Because, you know, quite frankly, I remember praying that day just in my overwhelm and my anger, like, Lord, you literally gave me the exact thing that I asked you not to. And I feel so ashamed of that now and like embarrassed by that, of course, because I can see the other side. But I do think it's interesting, like we do always pray for the perfectly healthy child. And again, I'm like you, I don't necessarily fault people for that. But what happens to our view of our pregnancy, of our baby, if things aren't perfectly healthy? Like, does that mean that they are inherently less worthy of love and acceptance and, and life? And the answer is no. So, yeah, I, I completely agree
1: it's interesting that you said that i I remember doing something along those lines also maybe praying for a healthy baby or even thinking i don't know how i could handle being the parent of a child with special needs and you know i think you know as, as you grow in parenthood and you grow into adulthood you know again i'm a christian and i know there's lots of people probably from different faith backgrounds that listen to this podcast but for me i just know hey you know what god's in control he knows what he's doing and even though i have wants and desires even though i never specifically prayed to be the parent of a child with down syndrome i look at my life now you know almost 10 years into this journey and and say man god really knew what he was doing when he was writing the story of our family i mean you know this our organization our life our family it would be it, you know our life would be considerably less awesome if noah wasn't in it and it's just a reminder that god knows what he's doing he writes a far better story for our life than we could write for our life. And so I'm really glad that I'm not the one writing the story of my life.
2: I completely agree. I'm so glad that like God gave me the thing that he knew that our family needed. Absolutely.
1: One thing that you said in your story, and, and so I know you a little bit. And so I know that you are a Christian and you have that faith background. You said in your story that you told your doctor something along the lines of, you know, you couldn't be the mom for this child. When you were saying that, can you tell us a little bit more about what you meant by that?
2: Yeah. So again, this is like something I'll have to just get really vulnerable about and I'm totally okay, okay with that. Um, but that first week after I had found out that Sawyer had Down syndrome, I was in this just really weird headspace. And again, I feel like my faith background, the fact that I'm a Christian is really important to this conversation because for my entire life, the one thing that I had sh- like shouted from the root shops was like, Hey, it doesn't matter like what the issue was I would have never ever can even entertain the idea of having an abortion right but like fear was absolutely gripping my heart during this time like I was in absolute turmoil and I knew that that wasn't the decision that I wanted to make but I felt like that's like the decision that society was almost expecting me to make And so it was going to be almost a rarity if I chose to continue my pregnancy and all this stuff. And I knew that I was going to continue it. But I think that that conversation with my doctor was just born out of fear, honestly. Like I was looking 40 years ahead instead of like living day to day. And just taking it a day at a time. And the questions that were going through my mind were things like, will Sawyer live with us forever? Like some of the questions that I think a lot of parents have um, when they first get a diagnosis. And maybe we don't talk about that enough. So I had questions like, what if he lives with us forever? What if I have to quit my job because he has so many medical issues? You know, what if he never like walks, talks? all the things. And I just felt like I wasn't equipped to do it and like sit in that uncertainty. So I think that's a lot of what I raised that question with the intention of. I just needed someone to like look me in the eyes and say that, you know, you've got this. And I'm glad that he did that for me.
1: You know, thank you for being transparent and for sharing that. You know, when you were sharing that, I was thinking about the importance of having other people in our life that we can talk to, those people that can help us get out of our headspace, those people that can point us back to truth. Because, you know, many of us, we're in the middle of this COVID-19 situation right now in the United States, and a lot of us are, you know, sheltering in place or or self-social distancing. And, And it's really important, I think, that social distancing doesn't turn into social isolation because we need one another and we need people To help us and 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 to help us process things and i think left to ourself to just process things in isolation that can sometimes take us to a very uh, bad place and and can cause us to make decisions that we could regret today and and tomorrow and so i'm thankful that you had that medical professional in your life who could be a source of you know in, in a sense community for you and and i think that's why it's important that medical professionals have someone like you In their life who can help them see what it's like raising a child with down syndrome and can help them as they talk with their patients and i think even as equally as important is being able to connect their moms their new moms to a parent like you who can just sit down with them or talk to them on the phone and and tell them what that doctor told you hey you can do this you know what you're not alone you can do this this may be different than what you expected but you can do this and i think that's what so many moms Want to hear? And if you're a mom listening to this, I want to just be a person to encourage you to tell you that if you're a new mom and you just got your child was just diagnosed with Down syndrome, you can do this. You may feel like you can't, but there's a really great community of people and you can do this. Well, let me ask you this. What does a typical day look like in your household? And I know things look a little bit different right now with the sheltering in place, but when we're not in a shelter in place situation, what does a typical day look like for you for Sawyer? I know you're a working mom. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so it does look very different (laughs) pre COVID versus now. But before all this quarantine stuff, I mean, it's really not that different. I don't think than like, you know, a neurotypical kid, what a normal day would look like. So we just sort of wake up and get ready for our day together. We eat breakfast. Sawyer goes to daycare, which he absolutely loves. My husband and I go to work and then we just home and have family dinner together and do playtime and, you know, bath and bedtime, like pretty typical stuff. I think the thing that is probably a little bit different is that maybe like once or twice a week, Sawyer has certain therapies like speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And sometimes we're traveling to, you know, across town to go to a in-person appointment, but Most often those are just at his daycare Um, they just kind of come in and do it there. So that's pretty much what a typical day looks like. He's a super fun kid. He has, you know, high energy, loves people. So we just try to like play as much as we can.
1: That is awesome.
0: Are you the parent of a child with Down syndrome and interested in sharing your story on a future episode of the Hope Story podcast? If so, please visit hopestory.org forward slash podcast and let us know. We may end up featuring your family's story on a future episode. What would you tell yourself if you had a time machine? If you
1: go back to, you know, maybe the Lauren that was sitting in that office telling their medical professional, hey, I don't think I can do this or I don't think I'm the mom for this story. If you had a time machine, what would you tell yourself?
2: So I think the main thing I would say is that, Like, this is going to be the most amazing, beautiful gift if you will just let it be. And I've like had that conversation in my head a lot. What would I say if I were sitting across from myself, like in a chair in that office? And I would say, you know, right now it hurts. And that's understandable because you're surprised and it's kind of scary at first and it's unknown. And those things are uncomfortable to sit with. And it doesn't seem like a gift in this moment because those feelings are hard. But if you can wait until like the doctor lays him on your chest for the first time, as cliche as that sounds, every single fear that you have ever thought about during this pregnancy is going to vanish because he's going to be perfect and he's going to be yours. And like that is going to be the most special thing in the world. And I think just sort of bringing it back around to faith for a second, I would tell myself that no, like we often hear, you know, God only gives special children to special people. And that's not true, but it is true that God has chosen me out of all the moms in the world to be the mom to this beautiful, precious little boy. And that is a gift. Like I get to be his mom. And so I just, yeah, I think that's the overarching message of what I would have said is just that it's going to be the most beautiful gift that you will ever receive on this side of heaven. And if you can just like hold on through this initial shock, it will get better. Like it absolutely will.
1: That is so good. Let me ask you this. What are some of the resources as you have found different resources out there? What have been some of the ones that have been helpful to you as a mom of a child with Down syndrome?
2: Yeah, so the first one that I think about is definitely the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. So DSDN, as us in the Down Syndrome community commonly know it, that was the first source of support that I was connected with. So they have just a really, really amazing pregnancy support group on Facebook. And honestly, I think that the people I met there are like some of the biggest reasons that I was able to go through the rest of my pregnancy with resiliency. It truly is, I still know the majority of those people today and they are my very, very dear friends. So I think that anyone who's in the DSDN groups, again, that's Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network, for anyone listening, would tell you that that support has been instrumental. And then, of course, my local Down Syndrome group here in Virginia, where I lived, many of my most cherished mom friends uh, now were introduced to me because of that group. So that local support is Just so deeply important, so that you can have someone physically doing life alongside of you on this journey. And then a couple more, I'll just go through these really quickly, but just a couple more that have been really impactful for me. The Enable Special Needs Planning team, I connected with maybe at the beginning of last year, and they've really been a really big part of helping us think intentionally about the future and working through some of those questions that we often have as parents of kids with special needs. And then, of course, the National Down Syndrome Congress, things like that. Jen Jacobs' book, The Parent's Guide to Down Syndrome. And of course, Hope Story um, has been an amazing resource for me to just get to use my advocacy voice in a really special way.
1: So many great resources. Thank you for sharing those. This is probably the third time on one of our podcasts that we've given a shout out to the DSDN. And I'll include a link in the show notes. You can find the show notes on hopestory.org to the DSDN. And I agree, I think it's a great organization for new parents to connect with other parents. You know, I encourage new parents to check that out and look at the different groups that they have and the different programs. In fact, Hope Story is planning on, as of today, planning on being an exhibitor at the DSDN Rockin' Mom Conference. You know, who knows what things are going to look like in September, but we're, we're planning on being there. And so I don't know what that's going to look like, but hopefully things are in a good spot and, you know, we can do that. You know, you mentioned something along the lines of the future for people with Down syndrome, and you were involved in something really phenomenal called Sawyer's law. And so can you tell us a little bit about that, how that all happened?
2: Yeah, I totally can. Super excited still coming off like the adrenaline high of that still happened earlier this year. So I had originally connected with, if anybody out there follows extra Evie love on Instagram, I connected with her parents, Wayne and Tammy from Louisiana earlier last year and found out that they had done a lot of work around getting some legislation in place around organ transplant discrimination in their state. And I was just fascinated by it. I had no idea that folks with Down syndrome still faced, in certain situations, discrimination when it came to organ transplant decisions. And it just broke my heart. So initially, I was like, no, I'm not the person (laughs) to like make a piece of legislation about this. It's just a really big process. I'm a little bit nervous about it, but lo and behold, felt like that was really what I was being led to do. So I uh, got connected with local legislators and thankfully our general assembly session was earlier in January and I was able to get some legislation drafted around non-discrimination and organ transplant decisions for those with disabilities. And so now, uh, not just in our state, but in a lot of other states in which this work has been done it is against the law to deny someone an organ transplant simply on the basis of their disability which is just i feel like is a really huge win for us it just felt so good to be able to like be a world changer because of the difference that Sawyer has made in my life
1: that is awesome well congrats on all that work that is you talk about being a hope story i mean that is what a way to use your story to bring hope to others. And so just blown away by that. That is so awesome. And and I'll put a link in the show notes where you can find out more about Sawyer's Law, but it is just really awesome. And and you guys knocked it out of the park with all that you've done with that. So kudos. Okay. A couple last questions. What are some of your dreams for Sawyer?
2: So I think I'm still kind of figuring that part out and I'll admit that. It's interesting how my heart around like dreams and goals and what's truly important in life has changed because of Sawyer. So while I put absolutely zero limit on the sky of possibilities for him, I think that I think about success in a really different way now. So like if Sawyer wants to go to college, awesome. If he wants to be the next president of the United States, go for it, man. Like if he wants to be the next master barista or mother grass at the football field at our university. Like there's so many possibilities of what he can do with his life. And I would say that exact same thing, whether or not he had Down syndrome. And so that's something that's been like a new sort of discovery for me is that my dreams and goals for him were like, really don't look all that different than they would if he didn't have Down syndrome. But what has changed and what I really think about when I think about his future and when I think about what a full life looks like. It isn't really about like what degree he has on the wall, what, what degree I have on the wall or how many certifications we have or how good we are at math or how popular we were or any of these things that we like so often measure success with. When I think about a full life and the dreams and goals that I have for him and all of our future kids, I think about things like creating space for happiness and being part of a loving family, being equipped with the resources to pursue what you're interested in. And being like a difference maker and a world changer and using your story for good. Knowing Jesus, like that is what is important to our family. That's what's important for me to mold into Sawyer. And that's what I think about when I think of a full life for him. So, you know, if I can provide that for him, if he knows true joy and happiness, then I think that, you know, he'll have done well.
1: All right. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then final question. What would you tell a parent whose child has just been diagnosed with Down syndrome? If they called you, you're on the receiving end of the phone call and they said, Lauren, I just got the news. Um, You know, I don't know what to do. What would you tell that parent?
2: I think back to what I've kind of told parents that have connected me in the with me in the past. And that's just that, you know, like I have been where you're sitting and I completely can empathize with you on the deepest level and it can be a shock. It can be like a lot to take in at first, but I just want to assure you that being on the other side of this now, I can say this is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And so there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be challenges along the way, um, just like there would be with any child. But there is an absolutely amazing, unmatched community of people that are ready and like, eager to walk alongside you and support you every step of the way, the down syndrome community is truly like one of the most amazing communities in the world. And you can do this. Like someone told me that. And I would tell someone who connects with me that you can do this. There is so much purpose and beauty in your story. And it's okay if you don't feel that right now, or you don't feel it maybe today or tomorrow, like hold space for your emotions, but the beauty of your story is there. And I usually just end with like saying, I'm literally here every step of the way to be your support system. So I truly mean that to every single person who is listening. Like I would invite anybody to reach out to me for support at all.
1: Lauren, that is why you're an awesome hope advocate. That's why you encourage me as a mom and for just being an advocate and a voice in the Down syndrome community. And so I'm so glad to be on the same team as you and glad to have you in this space. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being transparent and for being on the Hope Story podcast.
2: Yeah, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rick.
1: All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we will talk to you soon on another episode of the Hope Story podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Story podcast. On our website at hopestory.org, you can find this episode's show notes, subscribe to our email list and learn about how Hope Story is working to connect every OBGYN in America to a family raising a child with Down syndrome through our Hope Advocate process. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Hope Story podcast.